0: Everyone and Welcome to episode 8 of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinnon and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. What's shaking, fellas? Hey boys, how are you? Good week. Glad to be back. Uh, quite the movie we're doing this week.
1: Hey everyone, great to be back again. Um, thanks to everybody for listening and
0: let's get this one going. Yep, uh, we got another hockey one today. So uh, getting into it, we're... Going to be taking on an unfiltered, unapologetic slapstick hockey comedy with Michael Dowse's 2012 ensemble Goon.
1: Yes, there he is.
0: I don't have a thing, but you have your show. And my dad and my brother, they have their doctor thing. Everybody's got something for me.
2: Come, sir. Let's just go watch The Assassin's.
1: I'll fill you full of corn dogs. <laughs>
2: He's going up in the stands. See this over here? Adam. Oh, Alaboi Doug, <laughs>
1: dog, 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 dog,
0: dog, dog. Dog, you impressed the hell out of me last night. Come
2: down the ring for a tryout.
0: No, you're not joining the escapades, right, buddy? You're not trying enough for the the for what? You've been touched by the fist of God. <laughs> what number you want to wear?
1: Sixty-nine. Take the number
0: 69, it's hilarious! Is that never taken? My brother, he
2: wants to offer you a contract. We're not here to play hockey, we're here to fight. Yeah, this is one step under the big No glory holes here tonight!
1: Hi, I'm Doug Latch. Two rules, man. Stay away from my burk-a-sets, and do you have any burcassets? All Alright.
0: What do you help and take these guys? You are
2: dumb. I'm on your team!
0: I'm here to do whatever they need me to do. They need me to bleed,
2: and I bleed for my team. You can do anything except punch people. What do I know? you like the Hebrew Dolph
1: Lundgren. Doug, I dig hockey players. The violence,
2: the beer. I'm horny a lot. <laughs> boss, the boss, Ray. He is the master. Yeah, have my respect. If ever there comes a time when it gets down to you and me, I will lay you out, no kid. This has all the elements of a sports masterpiece.
0: Ready? Yes, thank you for asking. This is about to get ugly. Come on, Duncan!
2: Hey, you wanna go? Yeah, okay. Good luck, man. Good luck to you too, bud. Knock him out.
0: Unless this is your first Rodeo, you know the drill. Before we get down to business, we get hydrated. It's time for our brew review.
1: Beer here, beer
0: here. Oh, there yeah.
1: is beer. Ice cold beer. Ice cold yeah?
0: What do we got on tap today, Webb? Well, boys,
2: we are going to take on the mean streets of Hollywood, and we're going to head out east to Halifax, Uh, one of our favorite cities where the movie takes place, uh, supposedly. And we're going to have one of the Propeller beers on the Propeller Brewery. Uh, We're having the India Pale Ale today. It's Atlantic Canada's best-selling IPA. It's an assertive style with bold delivery of hop aromas and flavors. Enjoy notes of pine, fresh citrus, and hints of stone fruit, which leads to a dry, pleasantly bitter finish. And it has an alcohol content of six and a half, uh, so let's get into it, boys. You can also follow them on uh, Instagram at Propeller Beer and uh, check them out online at DrinkPropeller.ca. Cheers, boys. Let's Cheers. Do it.
1: That's exactly what I thought it was going to taste like. Yep. That's a good beer. I see why that's a
0: uh, a big seller. That's yeah. a nice one. That's yeah, it's not overly hoppy. Yeah. It's um it's it's got it'd be really good fall beer. That's I I finally like in the fall and winter I get into the darker beers.
1: Yeah, that would be a good fall beer, football game, something like that yeah, on good one. a cool afternoon kind of thing. You yeah. might have to sit down watch the uh now Las Vegas Raiders put a beating on a few teams. That's my favorite team. Have a couple <laughs> of propellers, IPAs. I but, like it. Yeah, you know what? Uh it's
2: good. I don't love it. Uh it's it's definitely um more maltier than the, the last couple beers we've mm. had that are in the same vein of IPA beers. Yep, you can um, taste the two-row
0: in there. Yeah, it's, yeah.
2: it's, it's definitely uh, on the same line as, like, the Mad Toms from from Muskoka. And, like, you know, they're a little bit more uh, meat and potatoes kind of beer, I guess you could call it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's good. It's flavorful. Uh, you know, it's enjoyable. I don't know if I'd want to
1: have too, too many of these. Yeah, this would just be a few. Yeah. Maybe two or something like that. I got to give Propeller credit for their logo. Yeah, they got great. And it's a cool logo. Great swag. Yeah, they have cool swag. They have a cool logo. They got that going for them. JR's
0: decked out in the Propeller gear tonight. I, I, love I do it. have a Propeller shirt on. We're, we're going to put that on the on social media. You're going to see. He's, they've got some great swag. They, ha,
1: they really do. I'm going to take one more sip before I put a ranking on this.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and they've done a lot. I mean, Jr. and I have both been there. Jamer, I don't know if you've been there or not, but nope. we were there uh, back in the late aughts, early 2010s, whatever yeah. we call them, the, the teens, I guess. Um, and we checked them out, and you know, they're they're right across from the Metro Center, or they used to be. Um, and fantastic little shop, little tiny little hole in the wall. They've since expanded into Dartmouth. Um, yeah. And they have an arcade and a couple other cool things. So it's a neat spot. So if you're ever out in Halifax, give them a check that's for sure. I, I
0: was there in 2002, so a lot of the bars that I frequented are pretty much done. Like the, the old Liquor Dome. The liquor Dome. Liquor Dome, we retired oh, that. Wow.
1: Was Bubbles' place open back then? Nope. It no? wasn't open. Okay. Uh,
0: There was, I uh, the lower deck was there, but um, there was one, I think it was called the JJ's. Old triangle. I want to say it was called JJ's or something. JJ's. Something like that.
1: Listeners in Nova Scotia, you might be able to give us some more info on this. I yeah. haven't been back out there in a while myself. It's but it genius. closed
0: a couple years later and it apparently used to be a good spot. It was a good bar when I went there. Mm. Um, Lower Deck's
1: legendary. Yeah. Lower decks where they film all the keys commercial. Yes, that's well, true.
2: Or they used to.
0: I'll start out. I'm I'm gonna give this one I'm gonna go a six seven on it.
1: Six seven? I I'm gonna go a little bit higher. I'm gonna go seven one. I really enjoy it and probably a little bit. Because I'm from the East Coast, East they Coast probably have bias. a little East Coast bias. I'll be honest on this one. No, I just just a smidgen of East Coast <laughs> bias comes out in me. Uh, I'm gonna go seven one. Webb. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna kind of lean in the same kind of vein
2: as Jamer here. I'm going uh, six six one, like low sixes for me.
1: Sixty one. Yeah, six, I don't know. If, I don't know
2: if I could. I don't know if I could do another one after this one. Who wore six one? Anybody? In Uh, hockey or something?
1: uh, Maxima Finneganoff. Oh. I got you. Wow. I got that.
2: Certainly not Doug (laughs) Glatt. No, No, Doug Glatt did not.
0: Doug the slug.
1: Maxima Finneganoff. Poor man's Pavel Bure. (laughs)
0: Yep. (laughs) All right. Well, let's jump into our movie intro. So tonight we're doing Goon, as we mentioned, uh, directed by Michael Douse, written by Jay Baruchel and Evan Goldberg. It was released in 2012, produced by No Trace Camping, Caramel Film, Don Carmody Productions, and Inferno Pictures Incorporated. Wow, you had to have four <laughs> different. Okay. okay. Uh, distributed by Alliance Films. It got a 6.8 rating on Internet Movie Database, 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Had a budget of 12 million and achieved a paltry 7 million at the box office. Uh, music by Ramachandra Borkar. Ramachandra Borkar also known as DJ Ram, starring Sean William Scott, Stifler himself, uh, Jay Baruchel, Allison Pill, and Liev Schreiber. Stud. Yeah. Uh, Movie synopsis, so although he can barely skate, Doug Glatt gets an opportunity with a low-level minor league hockey team as a resident enforcer due to a video that goes viral of him beating up a hockey enforcer who jumps into the stands during a game. Soon enough, he is called up to join the Halifax Highlanders, an AHL-level team that needs someone to protect its star player, Xavier LaFamme, who has been living and playing in fear ever since he was nearly killed by another legendary enforcer, Ross the Boss Ray. As Doug begins to find his way in life, more gore ensues. Let's jump into the character review. Let's start out with uh, our main guy, uh, Doug the Thug Glatt, played by Sean William Scott.
1: I wrote down that he's kind of aloof. He's kind of a sad character he starts out as. he's kind of seems like he's the guy in his family who's not really living up to what everyone wants him to. I mean, we've seen this type of character before. There doesn't seem like a lot of depth to him, to be honest. Um, I put that at times he could be likable. The character of him, I just see Stifler. And I know the typecast is there. I literally just think Stifler all the time when I see him, as much as he's trying not to do it. Jamer, I just see Stifler every time I look at Doug Glad out there
0: Stifler after uh, a summer of uh, I don't know eating chips and pizza or whatever yeah. like he's on the what what diet would that be the old Atkins diet or something
2: <laughs> the reverse Atkins the reverse.
0: The reverse Atkins whatever it may be
2: the he looked like diet
0: I think someone told me he had to bulk up what was that movie that De Niro put like 40 pounds on uh, Raging Bull yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. He he looked so bloated in this one.
2: What's the one? He or, did S- Stallone when Copland when he Copland. Out, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just yeah.
1: don't know about uh, him. I don't buy him as an enforcer.
0: To me, and this was a this was a problem I had with him. They made him too dumb. They made him like yeah. they made him so like he's like grade level like grade three level dumb. And I mean, it's you, too dumb.
2: And it, it kind of like to me just it puts ruins the, it. the stereotypical like. Goon guys are dumb guys and terrible hockey players. Like it just yeah. the meathead look. Yeah, just yeah. total yeah. meathead. And I mean, it's, it's totally unrealistic part. given that his dad's a doctor, his yeah. brother's a doctor. Like, yeah. I think the only redeemable quality for me with Doug was the fact that he seems to have a bit of a moral compass and yep. doesn't like when people drop the the gay comments and things like that. Like, or the logo. Yeah, I noticed the on the logo yeah. that was admirable. He's got a little bit of a sense of code. But again, if he's so you know, uh, simple in so many other ways. Like, is it really believable that he's picking up on those moral. Yeah. Code things. I don't know. Like the hockey code thing, having never played before, doesn't even own skates. He owns like his brothers, whatever they are, figure, figure skates. skates yeah, that, and then that's he, knows, it, yeah. he knows all about not stepping on the logo and all this other stuff. Like, yeah. it's just totally unrealistic. Yeah. Me.
0: He's, they took a bunch of different stereotypes and they dialed them up to 15. Like yeah. it was just,
2: Ah. Over the top for him. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely.
0: I Yeah, I don't even know if I have much more to say about Doug the thug, the slug. Glad. Um, let's move on to Pat. He doesn't even have a last name. Jay Baruchel.
1: Can like, I go? Yeah, go. Can I go on this one. Go. <laughs> Can I just say how annoying that guy oh. is in the whole movie?
0: Do your chin strap up, folks. <laughs> when he
1: yells, this is where I just checked out on Pat. When he yelled to take the number 69, that's like men's league sports guy there's always a number 69 on a three-pitch lob ball team there's always number 69 guy and as soon as i heard that i completely just started to check out and that the fact he's just trying too hard he swears too much you can't follow him it looks like he just took i don't know drank nine red bulls and just bounces around
0: i can't tell if they're trying to make him likable or not like are they trying to make everyone hate this guy and be really annoyed by him? Or are they trying to be in like, oh man, that guy's hilarious? Like, I don't I don't get what the point of how they're writing this character.
2: I don't know, but like you when you're talking about like all the stereotypes, he's like all the the mass hole yeah. stereotypes on steroids. Oh, god, like yeah. it, I'm sure
0: R A and those guys love him. Oh my
2: god. Like I don't know how else to put this, like the the hand gestures that he puts for, for sexual acts and things like oh. it's just so over the top. Like you know, maybe once or twice you get a, cu- a couple laughs here or there, but like it's just every other time you're like, oh my God, bud, we get it.
1: Yeah, there was so, I guess the whole piece that you said, but like I wrote a quote down about him like on his show, M. or Sully from Worcester shows up. I'm like, it doesn't get any more like, just try all of that. You're just yeah. trying too hard. You know, you're just trying too hard on this. Man. I couldn't get into him whatsoever.
0: No, it's like an ongoing theme for me with this movie. Everything is just, there's, they're trying too hard. Every stereotype is blown up to like 10,000. Like it's just, mm. I don't know. I mean, and this is, I, I wanted to punch him in the face the whole movie, basically. So, you know
2: how we were saying, like last week when we were talking about
0: Caddyshack and Tin Cup, like that.
2: Uh, the reason that I love Caddyshack more so is that it's it's a comedy movie that tries to add elements of golf. This can't figure out if it's a comedy movie or if it's a hockey movie. That's the thing that oh, bothers gotcha. me. It's like mm-hmm. I'm trying to be a hockey movie but be funny. But I also want to try and be serious like a hockey movie. Yep. And it, it just doesn't land on either for me. No, it doesn't. No. Uh, but I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. No, no. it's okay.
0: Let's uh, Let's jump into Ava, who also doesn't seem to have a last name, played by Allison Pill.
2: Let's just say I like her way better in the newsroom. Uh, fantastic character in the newsroom. <laughs> yeah. Canadian uh, too. Canadian too. God, I will say this: this is this is Pat, or maybe Jay Baruchel's redeeming quality. JR. Canadian guy, and the fact that a lot of this takes place in Canada, we'll, we'll give him some love for that. Uh, Eva, uh, not a very nice individual. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know, Doug. You're. This shows you how simple he is. Like basically, the girl admits to being a uh, rather promiscuous young lady. Mm uh and yet you know you're still chasing after her so i guess you're oh, quite the winner i don't know i can't i can't get on board with her either she doesn't bring anything to this for me
1: here's where i had her jamer and i looked at this and i said she, she's like, all those things you said web but then they're trying to fit the role of like small town canadian girl in like saskatchewan or and some other small town you're in halifax nova scotia this is town a, yes no, i love it is the, the toronto city. of the east coast it's the toronto of the east yeah. coast you're not in a small town so stop act, trying to make her act like it's a small town this yep. is a great place to live and i don't think maybe they she's really actually from dartmouth though could be from <laughs> Bedford. No, I'm just kidding. She's a transplant
0: <laughs> but, from Summerside.
1: No, she is oh. not. Oh, that's enough of that. That's two. I'm helping of you out here, Summerside, PEI, folks. I'm sorry. I'm from Charlottetown. Summerside, PEI, is our rival town. <clears throat> enough. Anyway, she just has, yeah. It, they don't really make her that girl that you can really get attached to or feel for, so to speak. You're not all rooting for her, that's for sure. I'm
0: not. I really am not. I don't know, Jamer. She's she's not good for Doug. Like I can can you not see this playing out after the movie? Like out like if if, if the storyline continued on, Doug maybe his ankle injury is so bad he doesn't get signed for next year, right? Mm-hmm. So his career is basically done. Or maybe it's not, and he hangs and he ends up getting this girl pregnant, and she cheats on him with a couple of guys on the team, maybe four or five. Like that's that's kind of like Doug's trajectory. And maybe that's kind of the, the story. Like it, there's not a happy ending for Doug in that. No. Like this girl's not gonna this girl's not gonna bring the light into his life. So he treats him like garbage. Just like everybody in the movie treats Doug like garbage. It's true.
1: I never thought even of that. His, way, even his even his
0: like little yeah. yippy dog friend Pat that guy's using him for everything now. Yeah, that's only, his, that's his he can get his show pumped up cuz his best buddy's now a tough guy. He's the new Ross the Boss or whatever the I hell. I never
1: thought of that. That's a really good point
2: about the that. The only one that seemed, doesn't seem to like really use him for anything to me is the brother. Right? Yeah, like the brother is like
1: Yeah. I like I did mind the brother.
2: Yeah, I did the like brother, the brother. Yeah, he
1: was fine, the brother. Yeah. The brother is like just a normal dude other than, you know.
0: His dad's completely embarrassed by him, yeah. Eugene Levy.
1: I had that he the brother brought in some normalcy. Yeah, for you like this is just a guy. Yeah. He's just a guy.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to Xavier Laflemme, Played by Marc-Andre Grandin. That's a, just a lousy teammate.
1: <laughs> okay, I think we've all played a sport with somebody. Kind of reminds you of this. Mm-hmm. We've all. We have.
0: Oh, yeah. I've played with guys like this, yeah, for sure.
1: We've played sports with guys like this. Maybe not to the extent that this guy lives. Yeah. But that mentality, the, uh, well, I scored my two goals, so we lost 3-2, but I had two goals. Kind of guy. Yeah. And you know he at least he kind of started to realize that the you know Doug's trying to help me yep. and i liked that part about him as the we movie went on i'm like okay those orange laces got to go yeah you know when he's wearing those orange laces not happening but i kind of liked him as a character a little bit where i kind of i guess i got some enjoyment out of him was realizing that this guy's here taking these shots in the teeth for me essentially and that i have all this talent and maybe too much too soon for this kind of guy? Yeah. You know we, I
0: had a dag in mind. Oh, <laughs> I Dad had knew he was going
1: there. I had I mean had dag I, mean, I think
0: they they almost kind of hinted at that with the top pick, signing yeah. bonus, all of that. You know the thing I and I'm gonna take go on a bit of tangent here. I I'm I'm always somebody that goes to Dag's defense. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Dag didn't have that bad a career. When you look at his numbers compared to other failed kind of first overall or even second third picks he did not have that bad a career he came in in his rookie year got 51 points came second on the team in scoring he actually finished second on the team in scoring his first three seasons on a bad expansion team team, right yeah and he actually two times in his career he led his team in scoring and one of them what i think might have been one season in ottawa mixed in there and he also led the Minnesota Wild and scoring later in his career when he came back after being in the porn industry for a bit from a, uh, behind the camera, not in front of it. I'm, I remember reading an article about Dag, an interview that he had, and he basically said, like, I had a ton of talent, but I didn't like playing. And my, I knew it was really important to my dad, and I kind of mm-hmm. always pushed forward. And obviously, it was a good way for me to make a living. But he, he says, I just never loved playing hockey.
1: But does he not remind you a
0: little bit of that? He like, does. Disinterest? This guy this guy has that, too. Like but there's, could, par- <laughs> You can look at this guy. He doesn't love playing hockey no. like there's he's there's a reason he's doing all those drugs and all that booze and everything and all that all those vices in his life. He's fighting against something.
1: Of course. He just doesn't yeah. want to be. But beat. that's
0: a good uh comparison. I think that's a good comparison. Okay. And you know, Dag's dark hair, swarthy good looks, same with this guy, you know.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't really have much more to add to that. I mean, he
2: is also uh, you're again back to the stereotype piece. He he tends to play the stereotypical small French Canadian rip and darts that whole bit. Yeah, uh, pretty
0: well. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Ross, the boss Ray, played by our boy Leave Schreiber, Ray Donovan himself. I don't understand why Ray
2: Donovan would do this role. Like, how hard up for cash are you that you're doing this movie? Because you're so good, and you've been in such good stuff before this and yep. after this, True. and then. I
0: think you—we were talking about this earlier. He does—he's in the sequel as well. There's a sequel to this movie. Yeah. I—I—I don't—I—I I I know there it. is a sequel, but I haven't. There's no way I'm watching it. He's
1: in it. I looked into it because I wanted to know. Because when I went on Netflix, I saw it. Yeah. And I was like, I
0: went in and checked the cast of it. He's on it. Yeah. And that oh. was some years later. Come on, man. So I did. I was really curious as to why he took this movie on after watching it. And, uh, you know, I went I went through his timeline in his life, like, looking back, like, did he have a divorce? Is there something going on in his life? But then I found an interview on him and he said that he took this role on because he had just done some, like, you know, he, he's not someone that always picks and chooses and wants to do, like, blockbuster, big budget movie roles, right? Like, he's a guy that picks things based on artistic things and feelings and however he feels at the time so apparently at at this point in his career he just had a i think he just had a kid and he had done a couple of lower key roles and he just said he felt he's a guy that's in really good shape obviously right Mm -hmm. you've seen him in a lot of things he's pretty jacked
1: he's handsome too
0: good looking guy right Mm -hmm. so he just had a kid he's tired he was doing some lower key roles he he said he, he didn't feel like he was in very good shape so he wanted to do something that was a little bit more physical and when they offered him the part, they reached out to him and offered him the part. They said, "You're going to get to spend six weeks with uh, NHL guys training to become a hockey player." And he's like, "What? Oh, I've signed me up." He just he just did that. He lo- he likes hockey, and he he said that was just a, a, such a cool thing for him. He he grew up loving the Rangers and stuff like that, and he wanted to. He, he's like, "I'm jumping at that for sure." That makes fair. more yeah. sense. Yeah, I, I had to tip my cap to that. I'm like, yep, okay, fair you know. And I, I mean, he, it gives. It gives this movie
2: a little bit more credibility. He's really the
0: only That's guy that, that can like really yeah. hold the act. He's the only guy in the thing that was... Other than... I thought Laflamme, the guy that did LaFlemme, I thought he really nailed that role pretty well. Like the acting. Yeah, I thought he did a good job with it. Uh, and then I thought as a as a heavyweight and the mannerisms and the way he did things, I, I thought Lee Schreiber really nailed that.
1: I wrote that exact same thing down, Jamer. I like said, the helmet
0: spin? The helmet
1: spin, the taping of the wrists... Yeah. I yeah. thought he had uh he had a little bit of like the movements of Bob Probert when it's he was funny out there. you mentioned His, that. like the way he went into fights I'm like because Probert never just went in Probert was like calculated that's funny you mentioned and he that worked you
0: he did that he somebody that he had admired when he was coming through was uh, Bob Probert was it so that when he got sense. the opportunity to play this role the first thing he did was he he went he went out and I think Probert when did Probert pass away before or after I can't remember but anyway he did he did his research he did, did he? he looked at bob probert videos he did all he, he read about him he talked to people that were friends with him and he, he he ended up like copying a lot of his mannerisms doing that type of stuff so it's funny you mention that yeah that was his thing the actual taping of the wrist that was the bob probert thing and oh that, yeah so, he said he did that because he noticed that he had had done that in for his fight
2: so they were likely filming this came out in 2011 bob probert passed away in
1: 2010
0: yeah, okay. so, it
2: was, so he was probably filming right around the time that he was actually studying in Bob Probert. I only noticed
1: it, right? that because right. my dad, Big Tom, was a huge Red Wings fan and Bob Probert fan. And he got to meet Bob Probert and that was like one of his things. And I remember I just watched Bob Probert films and Rock'em Sock'em videos. Everything about him is just the Probert, way he brought, like that last fight, even the way he was throwing his punches. I'm like, that's like a Probert yeah, style. He's Except got Probert his gear; All his gear would come off.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he kind of had that lumbering kind of stride. The way, And he could play a little bit. Did yeah. you notice in the last scene, Ross Ray played a little bit. Bob yeah. Ohr could play, Same and he idea. didn't. He didn't grow up playing hockey, mm-hmm. but I think he's a pretty good athlete. So when he went and did his training and did some things, he mm-hmm. actually kind of picked he looked up. Like a, he could skate a little bit. Yeah, he definitely looked like he could skate. Doug did not. No, um, I forgot to mention that with Sean Scott Williams. like he and I think I'll, 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 you know what, I'll touch on it later when we get into the realism review. We'll, we'll save that for later. Yeah. Anything else on Ross the boss?
1: No, no, that's
0: all okay. I had. Let's move on to some other characters. Does anybody jump to mind for you guys? Yeah, I had uh, Ronnie, the
1: coach. Um, Kim Coates, nice of you to do that role as well. I'm like, your son's of anarchy. You're I love big Kim time Coates. He's, he's a, a great I actor. didn't realize he was Canadian. It's a great actor, yeah. uh, Canadian. Uh, he's, yeah. For him to do that role, I wondered too if it was like a favor to somebody again well
2: i mean jay baruchel is pretty well known in the whole canadian piece too right And he does a lot and uh, he's got
0: that uh Apatow pull yeah, yeah. he's
2: he i think they're all you know they probably all run together a little bit out in hollywood and they probably all have playing some kind of like pickup hockey game or something like that but uh, i was gonna say for me the um, the fact that the the TPB guys were in here. It was kind of yeah. nice too. It was yeah, great. Nice
0: little cameo. Yeah, that was, was
2: that was one for me. the The only character I can't remember his name. Who's the little uh, the little weasel guy that the captain always makes do everything on the team? Oh yeah, the site,
0: <laughs> the captain side. Like, you just tell tell me what you want, I'll make him do it for yeah, you. Exactly. And he's like, like, I will. That guy made me laugh. Yeah, that Gord Ogilvy, the captain, was yeah, pretty
1: exactly. good
2: too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he got some funny speeches.
0: I had him down as as uh, oh. I I liked Go on, him. Jayver. No, no, no. I was just gonna say, yeah, I really liked uh, Gord Ogilvy. Played by Richard uh, Clarkin. Yeah, so he, he's always talking about his divorce and everything like that. Like, <laughs> like I thought that was pretty funny. And, and he uh, he kind of played the part of the old veteran in the league. I thought he did okay with he it, totally actually. He
1: totally did. At the bar, you could tell. This guy's been to a lot of establishments. <laughs> in know, day, yeah. He knew what to do. And he's just yeah. like, we're going to do this. And his toasts and all that. He was a perfect like minor league hockey captain.
0: So let's uh, jump into some best and worst quotes. Any quotes that kind of stood up for you? I, I, I've got a few here. But... I had what you one, guys? And I, I noticed
1: it when he was talking to the coach. Doug Glatt was talking to the coach of the Assassins. And I'm not, I didn't get it word for word, but this kind of got me going and it kind of raised a flag, so to speak. He referenced that you're not going to go up to the next level and you're not going to play for a team named after a radio station. And right away, I thought of that Quebec Senior League the yes. brawling Quebec Senior League, that Garago 103.4. Yeah, there's a team in that league <laughs> yeah. named after a radio station. And you know that's a dig. Oh, hell yeah. At the Quebec Senior League, which is yep. basically goonfest.
2: <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Bear Shell makes Montreal his home. So he's probably maybe a little bit aware of that. Oh, yeah, yeah big so, time. Oh, you got anything, Webb? Uh, I like the uh, when she comes up crying and he pulls the, hey, what happened? Did you just watch Rudy? Yeah. That made me laugh as a Notre Dame guy. Like I like that, that one, yeah. And the... The goalie, some of his lines were pretty. He was <laughs> they, pretty funny. Yeah. They were actually kind of. Nice. They were kind of accurate. Pretty funny. Uh, the fact that he's got his mom in his helmet's pretty funny. Like little bits of that made me chuckle a little bit. But uh, you know the the no glory holes tonight. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but that was about it. Yeah. I don't nothing
0: really jumping off the page for me. Yeah, I had a couple. Like one was uh, Doug goes, "Where's La Flemme? And Gord, the captain, goes probably giving some single mother herpes <laughs> every <the> parking lot. <laughs> you know, there was kind of that one by Eva that's like, you make me not, you make me want to stop sleeping with a bunch of guys. You know, that's, that's kind the of I
1: love you comment. That's that's Maybe. an I
0: love you from a girl like Eva, right? Yeah, like. There, there's one too when like Leflem and uh, his name Pat are getting that spitting contest in Doug's oh. apartment. That was gross, but. Mm-hmm. He said something like, you don't know shit about hockey, you're like a bulimic Don Cherry. <laughs> 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 that's hilarious. I don't know. Let's jump into some little-known facts. So this film was based on a true story. It was a book called Goon, the true story of an unlikely journey into minor league hockey by Adam Fritasio and Douglas Smith. So it was based on Doug, Doug Smith's career. So Doug the Slug or Thug or whatever, that's actually Doug's. based on Doug Smith. Uh, Footage from Smith's career as a hockey enforcer is actually shown during the film's credits. So Doug Smith's career started with boxing, which culminated in a split decision loss in the Massachusetts heavyweight Golden Gloves final in 1984. While training at the Hanover Police Boys Club, his friend Adam Furtasio encouraged him to try hockey fighting. He first laced up skates at the age of 19, played in some amateur leagues, uh, and made his way to the minors, which was the East Coast Hockey League. Uh, at the age of 24 when he won a championship with the uh, Carolina Thunderbirds in the ECHL during the 1988-89 season. So in his career, he played 33 games at the ECHL level, accumulating three assists—sorry, two assists and 215 penalty minutes. Mm. He also played three games at the AHL level, spread over three seasons, and one game in the IHL, which was like the mm-hmm. AHL back in those days. Uh, he played 23 games for the Miramichi Packers of the New Brunswick Senior Hockey Ooh, League. Oh, that's a tough. That's town, a tough boys league. and
1: girls. That is a tough town in New Brunswick.
0: Yeah, and he racked up 170 pins there. So, uh, Kurt Kielback, who plays the role of Halifax's play-by-play announcer, is actually a former NHL play-by-play announcer. His voice sounded familiar. I can't remember where he was in the NHL, but he, I do remember him. You I want to s- like an maybe
1: Pittsburgh or something. Oh, Pittsburgh's the Michael Michael Motorcycle. Oh, cycle. that's right. Like that guy. Well, <laughs> oh, scratch right. my back with a hacksaw.
0: <laughs> he know. beat him like a rented mule. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who was the guy from Buffalo? Rick Generat. Rick Generat. Rick Generat. Yeah. <laughs> <He was great. laughs> la,
1: la, 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 Fontaine. <laughs> la, 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 la
0: Fontaine. <laughs> He passed away, didn't he, a couple of years ago? I believe so. Oh, I think no. he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, Too many nights at the Anchor. Bro. Yeah, really. So we talked a little bit about... Uh, Stifler, Sean William Scott's weight gain. So he gained weight for the role of Doug Glatt, as well as taking intensive skating lessons. What? Like he did not look like he was taking intensive skating. No. Either that, or he's just maybe not a very good athlete.
1: You must, be, if you're taking intensive quote unquote skating lessons, you should I, be a little bit better skater. Than I you. know he's
0: usually pretty shredded and stuff, but like, has he ever been in anything where he like shows athleticism? I don't know. Played
1: lacrosse in American Pie.
0: Oh, yeah, that's but that right. was uh, <laughs> who's a
2: rundown with The Rock, and he had a couple little uh, fight
0: scenes. Oh, yeah. Place? Yeah, I, mean, I guess great. so. Who was, the gu- who was the guy in American really Pie that was, that was the good guess. one? Chris Klein. Chris Klein. Chris Klein. He was the good yeah. uh, lacrosse guy. Oz. Ozmeister. Yeah. Oz Striker. Oz Striker. That's it. Um, so here's Sean William Scott on skating. My character isn't supposed to skate, really, thank God, because I can't. I practiced for a month before I uh, and trained with a guy also, so I got pretty okay at it. But I never got to the point where I was good enough to stop on my own. I always had to skate into somebody or the boards. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, come, oh on. come on! I, man. I feel I feel pretty like cast. this is another part where the I you you have to put somebody in the role where they can actually move a little bit. That nice. was something that threw the movie off for me too. Is how bad a skater he was.
1: Like in the last game in the playoff, they come out and you know, the light show and music's bumping and the players come out and then he comes out. and oh, like, oh, come on.
0: Yeah. Unbelievable. That just, that threw me off a bit. The production had to outfit several fictional hockey teams on a very limited budget. So many of the background players are shown wearing sweaters with short surnames, five letters or less, which saved money and time. Like that's a nickel and dime thing. Yeah, we're cutting like corners. You're, you're getting all the way down to how many letters you're going to put on a jersey.
1: Yeah, it's a little much.
0: That's that's a bit weird. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't go to like
2: a junior <laughs> hockey thing and just get some. Go <laughs> just borrow some jerseys. Seriously, I mean. yeah. Just go
1: take some jerseys. Get some old Halifax Citadel jerseys out there. Something. And
0: literally all you'd have to do, because like name bars, like once you get the letters on the actual bar, they just take the bar off. Yeah. So exactly. you literally could have gone to like a junior team or someone and say, can we just borrow your bars? You'd get, you'd get somebody to take the bars off, put them on the jerseys, and then when they're done, you just take the bars off and give them back. Like, it's not a big deal. Anyway, that's yeah, kinda... I don't know
2: about you, but I, I, how often are you actually looking at the players' names on the backs, anyways, unless you're watching an actual hockey, like in a movie? I, don't, I very rarely. Oh, I don't even know. You, yeah. I don't even notice.
0: No. No. So there's a nice little cameo by, obviously, George LaRock. He had kind of, and he actually had a bit of a speaking role, like in his cameo. Uh, but they also had former NHLer Mike Ricci. I actually didn't see him in, when I originally watched it. Well, actually, I, after I read about it online, I went back and looked, and I could you could see him in some of the scenes towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, he was playing for the Halifax Highlanders team.
1: I only noticed him once uh, on, in the last game when they're getting up to come out as a team.
2: I yep. noticed that nose. I was like, yeah. "Oh, there's my streaky guy." I was Rusucci just going to say, right I don't know how I missed that nose. I, I'm going to have to go back and just look for the nose. He's, he's got a he's
0: that. got a nose like the Don Valley Parkway. <laughs> Hey-oh! Hey-o! Uh, so Marc-Andre Grandin, who played Xavier Laflame, uh modeled his character after Alex Ovechkin. I don't know if I saw a lot of Ovi in there. Alex Ovechkin? Yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe in like, uh, not even the celebrations. I don't know. Alex Ovechkin tries super hard. Maybe, <laughs> and they're maybe just more like, like Vinnie Domfus. Like, <laughs> Ovechkin's like such a big, burly guy too like it's not i don't know well, if it's hard i wouldn't have picked him to, <laughs> no. to emulate if did i were he do all role.
2: his own skating though because he actually looked like he could wheel a little.
0: i've bit. got a note about it in the realism review that i'm going to touch on about i don't know i don't think there's any way he did his own at all because when they were showing this the the clips there of him being and wherever he was the
2: junior that he ended up getting drafted by like it looked like he could wheel a little bit
0: yeah i've got something mm. notes in the real it wasn't him because i i saw the double a few times and you you know how it's like when you look we saw, we watch Youngblood and you're like okay that's clearly the double right? you yeah. know what yeah. I mean like I thought just,
2: the double was maybe Marty St. Louis yeah. I've got
0: I've got a note about yeah. it I think it's a guy I played against in the minors he looks oh, like cool. he, he looks just like him and skates and, move, and handles the puck like him and everything I don't think
1: uh, I don't think Ovechkin's a fair person No I don't think so no. at all.
0: Yeah there wasn't a ton of like behind the scenes stuff in this movie I tried to dig a little deep to see if there was something there's there's just filming was it Oh yeah sorry I, I should mention that. The filming was actually, they did the shot of the Metro Center, the Halifax Metro Center. Yeah. But all the shooting, filming, everything took place in Manitoba. So it wasn't, the only thing they had in Fal- Halifax literally was showing whatever that, they picked up some stock footage. Of, yeah, they
1: used the McKay or McDonald Mac- Bridge. I don't know which one. Whatever they, it is. They, that they does use the Metro Center.
0: center. Yeah, the, the roll footage or whatever it is from that.
1: See, and I thought they showed the MTS Center,
2: which is Winnipeg.
0: Yes. Yeah that the game that they go back and play in quebec that's the mts center okay you can tell I'm from it's like they put a bunch of like quebec flags up and yeah. stuff like that and but it, that's what that was yeah
1: that's a tough one to have to film in manitoba i'm sorry
0: manitoba listeners over halifax tough one you lose on that one so let's dive into our realism review so was the film realistic and did it do justice to the sport so um, I, I'm gonna jump in here first because yeah, I'm gonna
2: go I'm gonna I have little to say in comparison probably to what you guys are gonna offer up. So I'm gonna go first and get it out of the way. So I'm gonna say in terms there are realistic elements to me, uh, not obviously the hockey piece, but some of the things like we'd mentioned already, the not stepping on the the crest. Uh, I think that when they go into Quebec to play the team from Quebec. They, they did a very good job at uh, propping up the the French nationalism piece in in Quebec. Um, so there were there are elements of that like if you're mm-hmm. you know an American audience, you might not uh, understand that. but Definitely. as a Canadian, I picked up on that pretty pretty quick. Um, some of the other things, I mean there's a lot of of uh, a stretch. Um, I like the idea of the the junior guy being uh, what's the, the the guy that was going through for med school, whoever he was.
1: Uh, kim
0: kim yeah. yeah my d partner one year uh jason platt was working on his MBA when uh, we yeah, played then. together he was a smart guy his dad actually played football at ms uh michigan state and his roommate was uh bubba smith Sick. oh cool yeah
1: that's really cool yeah.
2: yeah so those were the things for me again the hockey piece i mean there was a lot of stuff that i just thought was over the top and just so poorly done um even the kim like you're not going to call a boarding penalty on Kim getting run mm-hmm. through the glass like that. Like, come on, come on.
1: Yeah. Webb, I gotta say you had a lot of things that I was thinking of. Same idea. Um, the realism piece, uh, I had one Kim Coates given the shoulder tap. That's, that's real. Yeah. I remember that with the PEI senators where Dave Allison would tap Francois on the shoulder. And that meant go out and fight Dennis Bonby. Yep. It's going to happen. um, flipping out throwing sticks i thought of some of that stuff but a lot of the unrealistic things are pretty self-explanatory uh when he crushes the guy's helmet with a headbutt or some of the punches doug glatt took or the skating or the figure skates like you're not going to embarrass your organization by bringing a guy out in figure skates i'm sorry it's not happening or leave schreiber giving the old uh, wood to the guy's head there nor yeah. would, nor would he come so out in figure asked. skates why would yeah, you come out? He yeah. wouldn't come out. No, games. no. Like the trainer's going to make sure you're coming out. Like it's an embarrassment to your organization at that point. Yeah. I thought they did a pretty good job of this. Was referencing donairs in Nova Scotia. <laughs> ah, yeah. That you know the house of donairs. Um, Nicely done. The donairs on are on the house tonight, or the, then I was talking, like Air sauce. That's yeah. very yeah. like maritime. It's very east yeah. coast. Good pickup. Um, Post bar. Yeah. Or at least, really, any time. King of Donairs. The King of Donairs. And that Donair sauce is really good. So, Javer, those are, I mean, I don't have a lot to add. The other thing I was going to add,
2: did you notice the coach's office, the first Terrible. coach? No, the first coach with all the Wolf stuff? Yeah. There's no way. What, What? like, what is this guy coaching? Like, the Ernest Town Jets? Like,
0: seriously, like, <laughs> there's no way his <laughs>
2: office is going to be that big and that nice. And, like,
0: <laughs> it just is so over I think the top that level was supposed to be the East Coast League. Because that's where Doug... Smith started so I think that he might have been. started
2: in the East Coast
0: League well I mean he would have been that that league was supposed to be some type of pro league okay so the lowest level of pro at that time would have been probably East well Coast that he played would have been the East Coast League he did play like senior hockey in Miramichi but that was later in his career and that wouldn't be considered lower than the East Coast League back then yeah it would, it would be have senior been. hockey yeah it, be, yeah it would be yeah yeah
1: definitely lower I don't have much else, Dad. I did make a note too. Web, I just read read that note. Coach's office is weird in the Assassin's Coach. It's just a strange place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's not much
0: in here. I'm sorry, guys. I'll start out with what I thought was realistic. It's not going to be a huge list, but we'll get there. The movie was actually based on a true story, which we talked about. Xavier Laflem's hockey double, and we talked a little bit earlier. He's got he's got good dangles. His hockey double could play. Uh, he actually looked a lot like a guy that I played against in the minors, and it, the timeline for this would have fit. It was a guy that was like a, a former QMJHL star as well, uh, Yannick Tifu. The double looked a lot like him. He had the same hair, same look, um, and he skated and moved like him. So I wonder if that was him. I tried to find out if, who played LeFlems hockey double, but I couldn't find anywhere, but I bet you it was him. It just everything about him looks like him. Uh, that hot ice internet show that Barrichello had is that's pretty accurate. They have a lot of those guys that are obsessed with fighters. They do their YouTube shows. They do a lot of stuff on that, so that's that a good makes point. sense. Yeah, yep. You know Absolutely. the culture, that culture of like hockey fighting and fanaticism, it's there for sure. Uh, fans loving fighters in the minor leagues and fighters being super nice guys off the ice. That's all really true. Yep. When I played in the minors, uh, every time we had a jersey auction, the fighters' jerseys went three times as much as the leading score. Like it was just they were everything to those people. Uh, so that makes sense. Uh, Laflemme's backstory makes sense. You know, you got a guy that tore, it, tore yeah. it up in junior, had a big head, went there, you know, just game didn't translate to the NHL. Uh, I kind of think of a guy like, and I he he was not like Laflamme in any way, not cocky, not a jerk, but Kelly Corpse, the guy we had. Remember Oh Corpsey? yeah, Kelly Corpse. Yeah. He was probably the nicest guy I've ever met. He used to come and volunteer at hockey schools and was like super kind and nice and what have you, but he tore it up in the OHL and his game just didn't really translate to the next level. Well, he got drafted pretty high.
2: I was going to say Linger too, right? Like, Yeah. Very similar.
0: I mean, I think if Corpse played nowadays, it'd be a different story. It was just what hockey was back then. Also... Tough guys showing each other respect by saying good luck before the fight and good fight after. That's all normal. The well, Rock them- did that yeah. a lot. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they gave taps to the guys. That that's they, those guys are they're all they're part of a brotherhood. They're all they're all like competing for jobs in the same market. They yeah. have a lot of respect for each other, so that made sense. Ross Ray and Doug going for coffee and chatting. Fighters often do. They usually go for a beer, but it they will like you play guys on the road you'll have a night in the hotel or whatever they might go for a beer with each other but guys from the other team everybody knows each other right they played with them, some guy mm-hmm. from junior or whatever so there's a lot of a lot of camaraderie there and that often happens I used to go for beers uh, with guys on the road all the time that I played in college with or just knew from junior or wherever yeah the head coach to me was was accurate I thought he did a great job. You know, he's got the cliches, but his mannerisms. His mannerisms on the bench were pretty accurate. Kim Coates Coates? is a real actor. Kim
1: Coates, yeah. He's a legit actor.
0: I thought he pretty much nailed the head coaching job. And then, he, you know, he'd come in and rep him a bit. That was pretty accurate to me. And he he always looked annoyed. Minor league coaches are annoyed because they're tired. It's a tough job. Guys in the minors are traveling those hard miles with the boys, and they're – When when the guys are getting their rest and they're shutting it down, those guys are spending hours talking with their assistants, figuring out what the hell went wrong, looking at video, doing like it's a stressful job. And they're not twenty five. No, so they're they're doing all of this stuff like they go through more rigors than the players in a lot of times. Uh, So I thought that he did a pretty good job. Uh, Doug getting caught on the ice when the other team had their best line out and getting scored against—that's real. (laughs) That happens. Like I remember times because usually fighters play like two like three minutes to five minutes a game usually like and this was in the era when they had the guys that really couldn't play that much yeah nowadays your your guys better your guys that fight better be able to play they're going to play a regular shift on your fourth line but back then it was like well, just spot the guy in especially in the minors so if he was caught on the ice the other team could get a quick change that stuff happened all the time because i can remember like the bench going hairy yelling at the guys to get off the ice get off the ice like that was that's legit so that was the realistic stuff for me. Mm-hmm. The unrealistic. Oh, God. Um, so the headbutt, you mentioned it, JR. Uh, showing up in figure skates, we mentioned that. That would never happen. I don't think that was in the book. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. Uh, we talked about how Doug was just too dumb for the role. That's just dialed up too much. Uh, Doug can't even skate to stand up. That's not realistic at all. Like, There's a lot of heavyweights that I played against that weren't great skaters, but they're they're... They're still like professional hockey players that can skate. Like you know what I mean. Like they're not. They played hockey before. They're not using their stick for balance. Uh, So that to me just doesn't make any sense. And and if that was the case, if you had a guy that could that could skate as well as Sean Williams got in this, guys in the East Coast League in the AHL, the fighters would have mopped the floor with him. I don't care how tough the guy is, they would have just had him off balance, just pounding the living snot out of him like it's too hard to fight when you can't balance uh doug's punches too for me are are super short with no finish on them everything's like a little short rabbit punch Mm -hmm. and that just shows you that he's punching with no balance that's like when he's in those scenes he has no balance to like throw his hips and weight into a punch like when you watch guy heavyweights fight they're throwing from their heels and they're like you know, they might throw a couple rabbit punches with their offhand, but those guys, like... They're throwing
1: bombs. Yeah, they're, they're throwing... throwing coasters I was going to say,
2: they're, they're setting up with the rabbit yeah. punches to land with the... Bomb. And I remember
0: John Erskine used to say, he he tried to punch through the guy's head. Like, he's he's aiming somewhere behind the guy's head, trying to, like, they, when they're punching, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of guys say that. So, to me, the punches that all of those guys threw, they're just, like, these little short punches. That that doesn't look real to me. The fight scenes in general were really sloppy and poorly executed, there's like a thousand like un uncontested punches that are just landing square, like, yeah. And it's just a brutal f- like. Normally, guys are turning, getting their shoulder into it. Like there, a lot of punches in hockey fights are misses too. Like you're thrown <laughs> past a guy. So there, like it's, to to me, that was just unrealistic. Uh, the, the team's dressing room is is more on par with what you would see in like senior hockey, not AHL level, not even East Coast League level. So I thought that was pretty poor and i think we met you mentioned it earlier jr uh, there's a lot of things to me that this movie just looked like it was quebec senior league and and actually doing some reading I apparently one of the things that jay Baruchel, like he, he was looking at as 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 a reference for the, for the writing of the movie was uh the documentary called lay chiefs which mm-hmm. is about the laval chiefs and the quebec senior league so it looked a lot like that um just a little bit unprofessional in that sense players stepping on the logo i know they did the thing i know what they wanted to do with that Mm -hmm. they wanted to show like doug has respect and now everybody's not stepping on the logo those guys wouldn't do it period like it never would have happened at all guys at the it's a really well-known thing at junior college pro levels nobody steps on the logo it's a fine Everybody has kangaroo court. That's yeah. a fine. Everybody knows that. They, so those guys wouldn't have been stepping on it to begin with.
2: So how much would LaFlem get fined for spitting on
0: Oh, spitting on it? God, he would have got a $100 fine probably. Yeah. That's like huge disrespect. Like, you, like guys aren't allowed to let, let the jersey touch the floor. Yeah. Like those are things that would never even happen at those levels. Uh, most of the actors to me didn't look like hockey players. I thought LaFlem did. He kind of looked the part. LaFlem did. Maybe the goalie did a little bit. Ogilvy looked like a vet. He looked grizzled. You know, and Ross the boss, he did. He did. Yep. But a lot of those other guys, he just didn't really look like it.
1: I didn't think the goalie looked like a goalie. Yeah. I don't remember his name. He seemed too tall and skinny.
0: He could be. A lot of those guys are, though. There's some quirky goalies. I played a lot of quirky goalies. He
1: didn't, to me, look like a goalie at all.
0: You can get some guys that have some pretty bad... Goalies usually have bad bodies. What about the, uh, the, the Russians or Czechs or whatever they were? What, how, how realistic are oh, they? Oh, those guys? Um, the, the fact that they stick together, yeah. Yeah. That was well, always that makes sense. Yeah. And, it, and it would, right? Like, when I went and played in Europe, I stuck with the English-speaking guys most... I hung out with everybody, but, like, my, my roommate was... Like, because these guys, will a lot of the guys will room together, so... Because they gotta pay in the HL, you gotta pay for your own rent. So Mm -hmm. the the team's not setting that up for you. Uh, uh, Some of the lines that were happening during the play, like at one point, the captain says in the middle of the play while it's happening, "Come on, boys, work those corners." That's that (laughs) you'd never say that in the middle of the play. That's really yeah,
1: guys, work those corners. Some of the some of the stuff
0: that they're saying, like on in the middle of the ice, that's that's clearly somebody writing the movie that doesn't know and they haven't consulted. And from what I've read. He didn't really, it's not like he had like an Eric Nestorenko that he had yeah. consulting on that stuff. So you can see why that's, that's happening. There's a well, lot of he that. He couldn't happens.
2: afford the name plates on the jersey. Yeah, he's not getting <laughs> he's a probably consultant. probably not getting a consultant.
1: But I mean, you're in a place like Manitoba. There's got to be somebody kicking around who's played some hockey that can help you out. You would think. Like Winnipeg. There's lots of people kicking around. that could show you the yeah. do it for a very
0: cheap price players joking around and chirping their own goalie after getting scored on during a game is not accurate. That's it. You would never oh, really? chirp your own goalie after you got scored on and you wouldn't be joking like that. Your coach would you'd be you'd be on waivers the next day if you weren't on a big league contract so yeah, that's just too amateurish for me stereotypes of the players are just way too overboard like everything else in this movie um, the coach snapping on Doug for getting suspended for sticking up for Laflemme doesn't really make a lot of sense to me either and he's getting all pissed off that Doug's out for one game. Doesn't really make... Usually you got a couple of heavies. Like it's not, it's not a huge deal that a guy that plays two or three minutes a game, that you're going to be losing your marbles over it because he stuck up for your guy. Uh, in real life, the heavyweight wouldn't draw as much attention that Doug gets from the head coach in every game. Like He gets singled out in every single game, and that's just not realistic. I know they're making the story about him. They overdid it, but it's like everything they overdo in this movie. Uh, and there's no way in hell Doug's on the penalty kill. PP no. he might oh be on the PP. God, no. they had him on the PP one time. You might do that if your PP's been brutal and you're on a losing streak and you want to send a message to your guys. You might stick him in front of the net just to say take up room and then your all your guys that are normally on the your units are like, oh crap. we're getting we're getting called to the carpet here, basically. Yeah he would never be on the penalty kill. Those are your some of your smartest players that are out there like that. You've got to kill, kill killing penalties is a huge priority in in hockey. And you you wouldn't just put, like, I think they're thinking, well, you just stick your crappy players on the penalty kill. That's not how it works. No. Just too much cheese. Like, I started losing count of the unrealistic things in the film somewhere between where Doug gets yelled at for staring at Eva in the stands while the play is happening (laughs) in an American (laughs) League hockey game, which would never happen, and when Doug's throwing no look punches. The no-look like, bunches. That was just <laughs> stupid. The whole scene where Doug takes the clapper in the face and, and then they smash away at his face while they're trying to score is like 10,000% unrealistic for so many reasons. Like, he took a clapper to the face. Somehow he didn't lose any teeth, and he has a little cut on the bottom of his lip. And he's out drinking
1: later. Yeah. Like, my I'll buddy
0: do. Jeff Foster, Fozzie, actually took a, took a clapper in the minors playing in madison wisconsin uh and like he blacked out basically because he's and he he they cleared the deck top and bottom like he lost every, he had three teeth left he's got to wear dentures now he couldn't even get posts because it broke so much bone off of his oh, oh. like if you get hit with a slap shot in the face you're not just going to be going to the bar after yeah. with all your teeth talking normally with a small cut on your lip and the whole thing where he's laying on the ice, getting smashed in the face while they're, like, that's, just, it was just such a stupid scene for me. And, like, is a-, a complete trade wreck, train wreck, as we've talked about. There's no way she has a boyfriend who is that put together and good looking. No. Like, that guy is not dating this girl. There's just no way. There's multiple scenes where they skate around before the game, smashing their stick on the glass at the fans. Like, that's just Mickey Mouse. That never happens in a game. Like, that's right out of the, the only other movie I saw them doing that was Mighty Ducks. Oh yeah, like they do, there's nobody skates around smashing Making their stick on the glass of the fans. Mickey
1: most fun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really.
0: Ross Ray bluffing the glove drop is not something that heavyweights do. No, you might get a you know like a lesser player like you. you, you it never you get happens. Flem doing that. You don't get true heavyweights when they, when it's known that they're going to fight and all that, they don't do that to each other. And and not only that, like it's bad etiquette, but not only that, Doug wouldn't have gotten a penalty, the only penalty there. They, he might have got a penalty, but they both would have got penalties. Like refs would have probably either just worn both of them and not given them a penalty or give them both minors for roughing or unsportsmanlike. So that's, that, was, that it wasn't good for me. Uh, the broken ankle thing was just stupid. The <laughs> whole scenery. Did, I actually had played with a guy, Neil Smith. Played at uh, he was the captain at um, Dalhousie. He Played in the OHL for a while. I played with him down in Amarillo. He he was tough, and I remember he was fighting this guy that was a pest on the other team, and he had taken a run at one of our guys, so he was getting retribution. And he fought the guy, and he kind of he kind of knocked him out mid-fight, and the guy was falling. He wouldn't let the guy go down. He tried to hold him back up again so he could get a couple more shots in. And while he was doing that, his ankle buckled. So I, and I had never heard a guy scream as loud as he like. He tore ligaments in his ankle and stuff like that, and he couldn't even stand. Like, there, there's no way that that whole scene was just stupid. After he, he buckled his ankle like that, the refs wouldn't have allowed the fight to continue. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, Ava wouldn't have also been allowed down in the player's tunnel when Doug was coming off the ice. That's another stupid thing. Anyway, enough of that. Like, I could probably go on even further, but I'm going to end it there. With That was a lot of a lot of air time. I'm sorry I soaked that up. I just I had to get all that crap off my chest. That's good. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to touch on in that section realism review? No. No, I'm all good. Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) You you did enough for both of us there. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the soundtrack. So the film was scored by Ramachandra Borkar, a.k.a. DJ Ran. DJ Ran. So Borkar is a Montreal-based Canadian performer and composer who graduated from McGill. Uh, He won a Felix Award, two Mimi Awards, and a Juno. I'm not really sure what I Felix don't know what and,
1: the Mimi Award
2: is. I'm not, I'm looking it up right now.
0: The Voyage of the Mimi? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Mimi.
0: It might know. be some kind of French Canadian award. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it could be. Uh the film's soundtrack is heavy on Canadian music flavor with songs by Rush, Sloan, a couple other bands that I'm not all that familiar with. Classified. Like classified? Yeah, okay. shout out classified. to the East
2: Coast. Classified.
0: Yep. Yeah. What'd you guys French think about song. the soundtrack? I like it. Also had the one by um What's it called? Turn a doe or whatever. It's it's the the classical, famous classical song that Luciano Pavarotti covers a lot. I don't know. They have it during the, like the scenes where it's like the gory, where the oh, blood's falling on yeah, the ice and yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. the tooth.
1: Yeah, yeah when the okay. tooth goes flying up. They oh. kinda
0: of bookend the movie with it. They yeah. started out with it and then they kinda of finished with yeah.
1: it. And I like the soundtrack. That was pretty Canadian. I had nothing too bad to say, but I think overall in the movie it might have been one of the best parts. Canadian. It kind of the this music like fit the scenes, like the Pavarotti part. Now I was like, okay. Yeah, the tooth going up in the air, the dramatic part. I like Rush, so I like the little Rush on there, a little Sloan, i web. and I it was pretty Northern good. Another East Coast band. That's yeah.
2: right. That no, was good. Yeah, but, no, they, they did a good job pairing it up to to try and make it seem authentic that way. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I don't have anything negative to say about the soundtrack. I thought it was pretty well done. Um, I, I don't know if there was a whole lot of scoring in the movie, per se. It seemed like there was a lot of more actual music in it, which was good. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: neat. No, mm-hmm. it was good. Uh, let's do our wrap-up now. Where does this movie rank among all-time hockey movies and where do you have it among all-time sports movies? I don't know if...
2: Uh, I, I was trying to think of where I would put this in all-time hockey movies and I honestly, I'm having a hard time counting maybe 10 hockey movies. It's out of there. It's not even in like the top... 100 hockey movies for me. Like, I hate this movie. I think it's awful. (laughs) 100 hockey (laughs) movies. I I don't even know if there are 100 hockey movies. (laughs) But, like, it wouldn't even make my top 100. Like, I'd have 100, like... I don't know. I, I home got, videos can, before I have this. I Adam Adam hey, double Yeah, a- yeah exactly. movies in there. I'm going to have I'm going to have my little brother skate and buy roller hockey <laughs> <laughs> calling on the whole bench at the Ernestown <laughs> Jets <arena>. or Golden Peewee or I it's <laughs> getting on before I get Goon on the list. Like, Wherever they terrible. mention
0: the word hockey in a movie, you count that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like
2: it is awful. Uh so it's not it's not ranking that high for me. Uh all-time sports movies, it's going to be even lower. Um like I said, the big thing for me is it can't it's tr- it's a – it can't figure out if it's a comedy movie or a hockey movie and it's it's trying to make, you know, like the goon type player look like a serious, you know, like buddy-buddy. Like there's mm-hmm. a code and, mm-hmm. and a heartfelt guy but it's also trying to be funny and it just – it doesn't land in either way for me. So, no. you know, I, I can't rank it very high. It's – I don't know. I don't even have a – I don't even have a ranking for it. It's out of the top everything.
1: <laughs> uh, web I – I'm going to normally sometimes we disagree on movie things in this area, but I got to be in and around where you are. Um, Hockey. Let's say if there's 20 hockey movies, I'm going to put this at 20. Let's just say 25, maybe, Mm. you know, like it, uh, I, I would put it at the bottom, wherever the bottom is on my hockey movies. This one falls in and then sports movies of all time, again, way below it's at as low as it goes. I,
2: I will yeah. say this, James, before you jump in, just the fact that it's uh, Jay Baruchel, who's Canadian and they, and they lean heavily on Canadian content and Canadian actors in this. Um, I will give them props for that. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that they made Halifax the, the focal point. And, you know, mm-hmm. even if they did shoot in Manitoba or whatever, like the fact that it was uh, a Hollywood movie, but done here in Canada. And I know a bunch of them are filmed here in Canada. So, don't get at me for that but i mean uh the fact that they made made it kind of uh uh, more canadian probably than it had to be
0: i'll give it a little bit of bonus it might make the 101 now i knew i didn't like this movie the first time i watched it so i tried to go into it this time being like okay why not watch it and try to think of like you know with caddyshack we said uh the movie kind of went all over the place but Mm -hmm. as a comedy it stands up so i tried to think of it like that okay this is It's supposed to be a comedy so let's think about it like a comedy movie and think of hockey secondary and I couldn't the comedy just was too much it was too much raunchy cheap laughs dialed up to 8,000 swearing for the no reason just to try to get some cheap laughs it just didn't do it for me here's like kind of my little if I were to do a review I would say goons a poor attempt at doing a modern day slap shot so they did mention uh, I think slap shots kind of the gold standard and we wanted to do something that Nobody had done a really good comedy about hockey in a long time, so we wanted to kind of do that. Some critics actually said it was better than Slapshot, but I'll get what? into that in a minute. Oh. I got what? something to say to them. Oh. I've got a, I got got a problem with a lot of critics right now. Cocaine so, is a powerful drug? Instead of a clever storyline with like... They, so they tried to be like, oh, we're going to be like Slapshot. So instead of a... Clever storyline with well-developed characters, excellent continuity, real hockey players, which they used in Slapshot, and the right amount of crass comedy and charm. The cliché plagued goon opts for toilet humor, low-brow, cheap laugh comedy dialed up to 10, along with gratuitous, over-the-top, unrealistic violence and disjointed scenes. That's what the movie was to me. There's too many over-the-top clichés, stereotypes... Uh, forced raunchy comedy it's pretty much on par with pineapple express and this is the end which makes sense because those were the writers Mm -hmm. on that i didn't like those movies either it was it was like to the point where you're like okay i've heard enough of the f-bomb c-word whatever it's time to move on so you know and and i'm going to talk a little bit about some of the reviews because i i want i i looked around at a lot of different critic reviews to be like like what did people like rate this how did it get such a high rating on like these other things so here literally if i read 20 reviews here's how the majority of the reviews started out oh we really know much about hockey i i gotta i gotta confess i don't know anything about hockey and then they would go on to say oh yeah this was a this was a such a realistic movie it's, it's nice to see when you have a really re- realistic movie depicting and like you just said you don't know anything about you don't know anything about hockey and now you're saying it's really realistic based on what and then also there was a lot of other people that were like Jay Baruchel Canadian and he clearly knows a lot about hockey and the intimate culture and inner workings of hockey. He's the perfect guy to write this movie. I'm like, clearly not just because you're like a rabid Habs fan, casual person. Like you don't, you don't know the inner workings of everything. And it, and it showed to me, it showed in this movie. I thought in the writing, they didn't get a consultant. There was, you know, reading about all the other stories, they didn't hire a consultant that knew what he was doing. Like they did with, uh, Eric Nestoranko and other films that were done like that they're trying to portray something they didn't get there Ah, it's just yeah and so i'm just going to quickly say it's not even close to you know if there's whatever hockey movies i was actually trying to think of hockey movies you know i I might i might put it over one of the mighty ducks movies because there's some
1: i wouldn't know i still would put the mighty ducks over ducks are ahead of us for me you know what a consultant maybe one maybe the third one or something
0: actually the third one was more realistic than the second one you know what a
1: consultant gives you it gives your movie longevity yeah yes when you add a consultant in there and you pay the dollar, you yeah. have that over time. Like Absolutely. Tin Cup had it, like yeah. they have it, where it's like these movies hold up because you paid a dollar and got somebody. Yeah.
0: Know. And when we're reviewing these things, a lot of the movies were like, "Wow!" When we were starting to do that research and seeing, mm-hmm. that's why that held up. They got they hired a consultant to do it or multiple consultants. Whatever, like Gary McCord when they were doing Tin Cup, or yeah, uh, you know, you had a guy like uh, Shelton writing. Bolter, the guy played like there's, you know that means something when you're doing yeah, a sports. Jay Baruchel
2: doesn't even look like he's ever laced him up. I mean, he was Popular Mechanics for kids for crying out loud. He's not. He's not uh, <laughs> playing hockey growing up because
0: he's from Canada. He wears a Habs jersey to a party. Everybody thinks he's a, a an expert on it. Exactly. He clearly shows he's not. But again, this Southern was,
2: California. What do they know?
0: Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, that's it for me.
2: Web, <laughs> you want to tell them where they can head us up?
0: <laughs> Jamer out. Hell, hell of a segue.
2: Uh, thanks everybody for listening and engaging with us on social don't forget to like subscribe and leave us a review and please continue to engage with us on twitter at big league flicks and on instagram at big league flicks
1: pod alright JR thanks everybody take care and I hope all is well Talking movies about sports and the glitz and the glamour Got a cold beer pairing for the leading lady staring Fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing Soundtracks and music, they'll rate all these things Was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady sings? <laughs>
0: Talking junk, have a giggle, comedy, drama, romance Did the film deliver six to noon in my pants? With
1: their big bag of tricks, these podcast critics Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League